Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we are talking with one of our international guests. With us is Lyle Tard. Hello, Lyle. Hey guys, how are you guys doing? This morning, it's morning there in Sydney, Australia, isn't it? It is indeed. The sun is shining. We're coming into spring, so the world is looking good. Yeah, I'm sure it is in Australia. Just before we get started, I, I did my honeymoon in Cairns, which is way north of where you guys are. Uh, is it true that the toilets spin the other direction there? Can we get you see just the that. Simpsons? Don't you understand? <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I absolutely love Cairns. We spent a week and a half there. Uh, it, we were probably eight months married, my wife and I, Sherelle. Uh, we've been married 15 years now, so you can imagine it was a while ago. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. If you can imagine, uh, I'm African-American. Uh, it's kind of what we call it here in America um, as, as far as my, my ethnic background. And so when I went to one of the, one of the culture centers, that uh, was the Polynesian Culture Center, I believe. No, I'm sorry. It was the Aboriginal Culture Center in Cairns. And so um, we're watching the Aboriginal history going on and of course they're going to get somebody to go, get up and go on stage and and do the tribal dance and <laughs> i'm also not only am i african-american but i'm also six foot one so i am the largest individual there and i knew as soon as they started talking about getting in getting a volunteer i i knew i was i knew i was going to be i was going to be the person it wasn't even a question and sure enough they pointed at me and i was like oh here we go and so they got me in the tribal uh, outfit they put a they, they put a you know a, a, a scarf on me it was it was fun it, you know my wife had an absolute blast watching <laughs> me um, watching me dance around and I and I'm not a great dancer and so that was even a, another kind of you know stick at me and so yeah so do we want to go back to cans um, well I'm gonna bring some taller people with me without question. <laughs> Now, I, I can't say that that's really appropriate because we're here to talk about servant leadership. <laughs> we are here to talk about servant leadership, aren't we? I think you were just showing early signs of it. I'm very impressed. Anything more than saying this was the early beginnings of your servant yes. leadership course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I didn't think of it that way, but you know what? I think I should probably start telling that story when people ask me about how servant leadership started for me. Yeah, it was... Because I could have said no, and I didn't. And so, so being a good sport is probably a really good part of being a servant leader as well. All jokes aside, that's an interesting observation because we could always say no, but part of taking on the idea of servant leadership, I guess, is saying yes. You're saying, yes, I'll be a leader and I'll choose to do it this way. You know what? That is a really excellent segue. Of course, you're the you're the leader of this podcast. That's an excellent segue to talking about you know, just leadership in general. In general, and I, I think Kim, one of the unfortunate stereotypes about servant leaders is that we're always saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. The great thing about servant leaders is that we do say yes, but it's extremely calculated. We have an essentialistic nature to ourselves as far as understanding who we're saying yes to. Uh, the thing about being a servant leader is that we're always saying yes to people. We're not necessarily always saying yes to tasks and projects and, and, and being kind of roped into different 
scenarios within organizations and companies, when we are saying yes to people and we don't deny people. And when you say yes to people within your organization, it makes you a greater leader that is much more approachable, a person that can be trusted and a person that can be relied upon, a person that with integrity and somebody that can be followed as well. And so I, I think, you know, kind of getting back to that story there, I think that people walked away thinking that I, and it wasn't on purpose. Of course, I wasn't thinking about even doing this, wasn't my motive. But I know that walking away from doing that dancing there, there are a lot of people that looked at me a little bit differently before I did the dancing and after because I was able to walk in there and say yes to those people. And do you also think in that sense that they could look at you and say, well, he did it. So next time the opportunity arises, maybe I could do it. Exactly. It makes you develop a sense of confidence and self-worth in yourself, especially when you see that someone is open and willing to uh, make themselves vulnerable. I think that's one great avenue or perspective of servant leadership that is not really understood and is not it's not, honestly, it's not always the thing that people talk about in the strength of leadership is being vulnerable. And so when you put yourself in a position where other people can really see you in a place where you're not your most strong, when you're a little bit kind of exposed, wow, it kind of does something to people. And you're exactly right. When, when people were able to see that, they thought, man, you know what, maybe I can do that as well. You're exactly right. It's interesting because our first introduction really for us, for Fuliana and I, to servant leadership was with a, a guest we had a, a month or so ago who talked about that very thing, about the change she made from being this angry, bitter executive into recognising that being vulnerable was not going to expose her other than to some growth and that as a result she's got a, a team that people are desperate to join because they seem like they have fun and she introduced us to this idea of servant leadership. Just in passing, she mentioned the phrase, and then we realised that we were talking to you. So now we've got a, a handle on what it really is, because I don't think I've ever come across it until a month or so ago. Very interesting. Well, I, I know we're going to ask, ask some really great questions, and so I'm kind of prepared to talk about a couple of people that around the world that will be recognisable as servant leaders and I've got a little surprise for you guys down there in Sydney, Australia. I got somebody um, that represents you guys as well when it comes to servant leadership that you may be a little bit surprised about. So I'm excited to, to have some conversations about servant leadership. So let's start with the questions then. We did send you some questions beforehand, as we do with all of our guests, to give them a chance to have a think about what we'll talk about so that when we stray off the topic, they're not too concerned. We only send them four questions. The first one is about the idea of, introducing servant leadership and I guess in some sense you've covered a lot of this already is will it work in any organization regardless of size? You know what it, it, it will and the great thing about servant leadership is that it's really not about size it's, it's all about people you know when you have an organization and it starts to grow and grow and grow one of the things that's most attractive about some of our larger organizations is how managers and middle managers and executives within the organization, they're able to make the organization seem small, which means our teams have to be strong and they have to be led by strong people. 
so many people, as a matter of fact, the latest statistics that I was able to find is that 87% of people that leave their corporate job, they don't leave because of more money somewhere else. They leave because of management. They yep. leave because there's somewhere, someone in the organization didn't see them, understand them, respect them, didn't value them at some level, shape, or form. And these are the reasons why people are leaving the organization. So in turn, when you have a manager, when you have a leader, an executive that thinks about the people that they're serving with more than they think about themselves, now you have a team that is willing to follow the lead of a leader. The reason why is because they've gained some trust. The leader has allowed them the autonomy to be themselves. And we, I don't want to get too far ahead of some of the questions that you guys are going to ask. But when you have a leader that sees you, knows you, understands you, uh, Dr. Brene Brown, I love talking about Dr. Brene Brown. She is a world-renowned uh, researcher. She's got TED Talks out the yin-yang. Uh, one of the things she talks about is connection, human connection in her book, Dare to be Great. Uh, one of the quotes there that I absolutely love and is a mantra for my own life and for uh, my business, Impact Servant Leadership, she says that human connection is the energy between people when they are seen, heard, and valued. And so if you're thinking about an organization, any kind of organism, large or small, the more people within that organization that feels like they're seen, heard, and valued, the thing that's going to happen is connection is going to grow. And so for a small business, which is where I am right now, and most small businesses want to become large organizations, if you're able to start with that nucleus, that core of having your people be seen, heard, and valued, and that thing begins to perpetuate through the organization, then your organization is going to grow. And if you have that as a cultural thing within your organization, even a large organization can have servant leadership as its, as it, as, as its bedrock. As a matter of fact, there are some of the largest uh, organizations in the world are servant-led organizations. Southwest Airlines, Chick-fil-A. There's a company that I love that's here in America. Uh, their name is Wegmans. It's a, it's, a, it's a grocery store. It's a grocery store chain that is actually sweeping the east, eastern seaboard of the United States. And they're they're going west really, really fast. Uh, but there's also one company that I think will be really interesting for, for you folks down there in Sydney, Australia. It's a company called WD-40. Now, WD-40 is, is kind of that, you know, the, the oil. But their, their CEO is a wonderful young man by the name of Gary Ridge. And Gary Ridge is right there from Sydney, Australia. And, and he is one of the most powerful servant leaders on the, the planet. Love Gary Ridge. He wrote a book called uh, Helping People Win at Work. Uh, he has this concept, and I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard uh, of Gary. He's just fantastic. You know, he, he, he talks about, you know, don't grade my paper, help me get an A. And that whole concept of don't grade my paper, help me get an A, is how he's been able to take WD-40 from where it was when he started and really grow it into just this incredible, incredible company just an amazing leader right there in sydney australia which is why i got to get back to i got to get back to australia man i got to get back there and see what you guys do it's so amazing that's good and i think that that really encourages our listeners to think about their own situation so they can't discount the, 
the idea simply because of, of whatever size organisation they're in. So that's really important information for them. Leading on from that is our next question about the idea of this style of leadership. Does it encourage innovation? I know that innovation will happen in teams where this, the leadership is this way, but does it encourage innovation? No, that's a great question, Kim. As far as encouraging innovation, a servant leadership definitely encourages innovation because it encourages growth in people. And so when you think about being a servant leader and how it affects the people around you, a servant leader is going to look inwardly at an individual and do their very best to draw the best out of them. Instead of checking a block saying, hey, this is your job, this is the criteria of your job. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. I need you to check boxes one, two, and three. I need you to do tasks A, B, and C. A servant leader is going to, to look at all of those things and say, is this who you are? And once they discover who they are, they're going to find a way to draw out the best out of, out of that individual. And sure, we'll, be, we'll definitely be able to take care of all of those tasks. But a servant leader is going to look at that individual and say, is there a way that you can imagine doing these tasks differently, better, more efficiently, more with, with more innovation? We're going to draw that information out of the individual. Why? Because we understand that the way we do things isn't always necessarily the best way or the most efficient way or the best way for the person doing the job. And so it encourages innovation because we're gonna ask the type of questions that's gonna draw information and draw potential out of the individual. At Impact Servant Leadership, we have this brand new definition of, of a servant leader that I think is very important to mention here at this point. The way we describe servant leaders, a servant leader is a person who walks in confident humility positively influencing, creating significance in other people. And I'll say that again, a servant leader is a person who walks in confident humility, positively influencing, creating, in, creating significance with other people. So that person, a servant leader, is gonna go find someone who's confident, He's gonna, he or she is gonna be confident in themselves, but humble enough to see that they have a person with skills and knowledge and understanding in front of them. And we're going to possibly influence them to not just be good at their job, not just be successful, but to be significant. Every innovation that we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years has significantly impacted our world, especially in the fields of technology. They have been so significant in how we think and how we operate and how we flow in our organizations all across the world that if we're not keeping up with innovation, we quickly fall behind because the next wave of innovation has just become so significant in our world. And since servant leaders are all about drawing out the greatest significance in people, then it is one of the greatest ways that we can be more innovative as leaders within our organization. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. For me, it, there's a whole lot of other questions now that I have in my head. <laughs> it's a great path to follow for people who are people-oriented in terms of their leadership. What can we do for the people who are leaders but are not people-focused, <laughs> put it that way, that are task-oriented, that, that find more satisfaction and pleasure in 
a task rather than the people interaction, that we still need leaders of technical teams. And I know that means that they're, they're leading people. But when a group or a team is focused very much on a technical issue, on a technical task, whether it's software development or development of a form or a chair or whatever else it is, how do we introduce the idea of thinking about people to these people for whom people management is not their top priority? No, uh, that's an excellent question about task-oriented individuals doing work and trying to juxtapose servant leadership along with those individuals. Everyone has a need, Kim. Every single person that is walking on our planet has a need. And even that task-oriented individual has a need. And so the servant leadership mindset towards a task-oriented individual is discovering how to more quickly meet that need. If I'm going to build a chair, there's probably a process to build a chair. I have steps, I have a program or, of, or some directions that are in front of me. Somebody's giving me a blueprint and I'm looking at it and I say, okay, I can create a chair from this. However, a mind of innovation would say, is there a way to build a chair better, right? And so a servant-led mindset is going to put me in a position to say, okay, I have a blueprint and have something in front of me. It works. But let me have a, a bit of humility and think, is there something, someone, somewhere that can show me how to do this better? And that is how you get a person who's very task-oriented to follow along in servant leadership because that person wants the task to be done not just well, but efficiently. And so when you put efficiency along with excellency, you get a servant-led mindset that is going to allow a person uh, who is task-oriented to follow in servant leadership concepts and principles. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. The other thing that comes to my mind is, and really I can see now where the answer is going to go, but we've we've talked a lot in our podcasts with amongst ourselves and, and with our guests about teams that have a mix of starters and finishers. So people who are really good at the innovation and the ideas and getting the project started, but they just can't see it through to the end. They're just not interested in the end product. They just want to do that initial exciting phase and then you've got the others who love that bit at the end and and want to see it all happen and want to get the glory at the end of the project and put it to bed, so to speak. So I can see that the challenge of getting those two groups to work together is lessened if you take on this style of leadership. Oh, certainly. And what, what you'll see happen is that you'll have people that look at the skill set of the people around them more than you look at their own skill set. Not that their own skill set doesn't matter or it's not effective, but the fact that if I can put myself in a position to make what you do better, then I'm going to make us better. Yeah. And because, because in reciprocation, you're going to do the same for me. It's not because you're going to do the same for me, but it's natural. Anytime, I think we've seen it just in nature, when someone does something that is gracious, that is kind, that is thoughtful towards us, 
We, in some way, shape, or form, want to reciprocate that, whether we're going to go back to that same person or we're going to pay it forward to someone else. I just recently was in line at a fast food restaurant. <laughs> this stuff never happens to me. It seems like I'm always doing this stuff for other people. But I, I, I pull up to the window and, you know, the individual is just handing me my food. And I'm like, well, hold on. What, what's going on? And, and, of course, they said, hey, the, the, the person in the car in front of you, they pay for your, for your food. And I said, well, what did they have? And they said, oh, they just had a coffee. I'm like, wow, well, I just ordered the entire restaurant. So this is incredible. And, and so, uh, of course, in kind, I said, well, tell me how much the meal was for the person behind me because I want to pay for their fee. It, it's, and so, I mean, now when you get that into organizations and teams, and whether you're a task-oriented, whether you're results-driven, whether you're a people-oriented person, if you have someone that's thinking about you more than they're thinking about themselves, the natural inclination for us is to then follow that action with thinking about them more than we're thinking about ourselves. Yes, it's a lovely story, but why were you eating fast food for a while? Well, I, I tell you what, um, I'm, I'm in a very interesting uh, um, place in, in life right now, uh, especially when <laughs> when, when I've got two kids, I've got a I've got a nine year old and an eight year old, and they're always talking about you know going going to this restaurant or that place, and it's it's, it's never typically good. And then you know uh, so traveling a lot, you know coming back home, you want to be able to give your kids something that's really really exciting. And so you know my kids get really excited about McDonald's. I and I can't I cannot understand why they're excited about McDonald's, but they are. I did not teach my kids this. I don't know who did. Whoever you are, <laughs> if you're teaching my kids about how exciting McDonald's is, I'm coming for you. But, <laughs> and, and, but you know, they, they get really just like, McDonald's! It's like, you know, I don't know. It's like they won the championship. They got off! And, and so <laughs> it was just this instance I'm with the McDonald's. And, and that's what, what happened. Now, I will admit, I did get me some chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets from McDonald's. You know, I, I saw a documentary and they're actually real chicken. It's not, it, it's, it's not the, it's not what everybody says it is. It's actual real chicken. Now you have to say that you appreciate McDonald's because it's given you this story to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does. And, and you know what? I think that's just a good part of life when we're able to really see the great things about, I mean, honestly, I'm really not trying to, you know, puff up the whole servant leadership thing. But when I became a servant leader, you know, I just started to see life in a different light. And then things like this just become, you know, kind of magical for other people. So yeah, whether it's McDonald's or, you know, coming on the inside of the Zach podcast, I mean, I can now create a story that people will smile at. Because again, I just think that we can find more significant things and moments in life as servant leaders than we can if we just continually look for for negative stuff. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right, but uh, don't get it back. Thank you, McDonald's. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you. Amidst all that hilarity, we are going to take a break in our discussion with Lyle Tard about servant leadership. Please join us for the next part of this discussion where we will look at some more of the questions that we sent to Lyle so that we would have a better understanding of this particular topic. 
But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne. We've been talking with Lyle Tard about servant leadership, and this is Inside Exec. Thank you.